Do you feel stuck and unmotivated? Want to create your dream life but don't know where to begin? If you're interested in improving your relationships, communication skills, or feeling more comfortable in your skin, I can help. Together we can determine what's holding you back from living your best life and help to quiet that negative Nancy residing in your head. If you've been interested in working with a coach who is optimistic and authentic and empowers you to be as well, then schedule your free 30-minute chemistry session today by going to empoweredauthenticity.net. Again, that's empoweredauthenticity.net. Hello, lovely people, and welcome to another episode of Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Chopa. And I'm sure all of you are wondering what I ended up doing about the cat's presence. So if you listened last week, and I'm assuming you all did, I was debating on whether or not to get my cats this little TV scratcher for Christmas. And I went back and forth on it for a while, and I decided I was going to get it for them, so I did. And I know, my boyfriend told me, like, you don't really need to get them anything else. Like, they have so much. My cats are ridiculously spoiled. Like... I I have a pole in my apartment um, for pole dancing and when one of my friends first came over she was like oh I thought you said you had a pole in your apartment and I'm like I do it's like literally right behind you and she said she couldn't (laughs) she like didn't notice it because there were so many cat toys and, and cat things which is fair so do they actually need this scratcher no no they don't but I am very invested in giving them the best possible life and my boyfriend was like they have the best possible life like stop but I enjoy getting them things and and watching them play with it and I think that I will also be very entertained by them playing with it so it's a win-win situation I feel like and um I mean after that purchase I was I was done buying them things so I feel good about it I feel good. I'm sure the cats are going to be completely indifferent because they're cats and honestly they do not respect me like at all. But I love them. So anywho, I wanted to give you guys that update because I'm sure that you were all very curious and just on the edge of your seats with uh, the suspense. (laughs) Uh, So that being said, it is only one week until Christmas by the time this episode airs which doesn't even make sense I cannot I cannot process it like I don't understand time anymore how is it how is it a week before Christmas cannot compute I really enjoy wrapping gifts in fact I yesterday I wrapped quite a few gifts um and today I'll have to wrap some more I also had a change in my medicine so uh, on top of my sertraline I am now also taking um, bupropion and it has really worked wonders as far as my energy I feel like I'm able to do things and accomplish most things on my to-do list which is a huge improvement Um, downside does give me some anxiety so uh, last Friday I had a panic attack haven't had one of those in a while. Guess I was due for one. Um, 
so I'm trying to get better about stopping stopping my anxiety in its tracks. And I know it's going to be, you know, every day a different a different battle. Um but yeah, I'll be continuing to stay in touch with my doctor and we'll figure it out together. So, now that you have been updated on my life, which I have no doubt is exactly what you come here for, uh, I would like to talk about today's guest. I was really excited to have today's guest on. I follow her on Instagram and I love watching her videos and I think she's so fashionable and fun and she has a great, warm, bubbly personality. Our guest today is a burlesque performer and an accordion player in a punk rock band, which is super fucking cool. And she also teaches alternative dance styles. She moved to New York City from El Salvador, and her mission is to share her Latin culture with the world through dance. And it's so fun to watch. I think that you will feel her energy and her excitement through this interview and I hope that you know some of you will will take some of her classes because she's so fun uh please everybody give a lovely warm inviting welcome to today's guest Araniva well welcome I'm so happy to have you on the podcast hello hi So I have been following your Instagram account for a while, and I love the videos that you post. They're so fun. And also, I love your fashion, like all of your outfits. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this. Um, So I really enjoy your work. So I'm hoping that you will be able to share with us a little bit, a little bit about the work that you are doing. Well, welcome, everybody. Hello. My name is Araniva, and thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about the uh, content that you post on Instagram. Okay, so my niche is dancing. And you know how in personal branding and strategies and all of that, they tell you niche down, niche down, you got to niche down. Uh, that was the easy, natural part for me. I specialize on 1960s alternative and underground dance styles and music music not so much because it's not something that i'm not super educated on music but within the dancing i really go in depth Uh, my content is focused targeting people who are alternative people who are looking for something out of the regular reggae reggaeton and bachata within the latino community or hip-hop and pop within the anglo-speaking community so uh, yeah, that's the people that I'm targeting. Any ages, any anywhere, doesn't matter, as long as they have alternative taste. Yeah, awesome. And what uh, has your relationship been like with dance? Like, how did you get started? A lot of people think that I grew up dancing, but I didn't grow up dancing. Actually, it was kind of like forbidden in my family because they're like crazy evangelical people. Uh, I started dancing at 20 when I was here in New York and I started to realize, oh yeah, I'm not just a human, I am Latina. And it was something weird because in El Salvador, Latina for me was Sofia Vergara, that like hot Latina, very loud. That was like the, the idea that I have of a Latina. I thought it was somebody from the United States who was 
spicy basically than the prototype. And whenever I came here, it real I realized like, oh, I just there's like this thing about being Latino. And that's when I started like embracing dancing and embracing music. Before that, I did not. The first time that I danced, I was sober, I was very bored. And I danced to ska the first time that I ever danced. But it was there's not a magical story. I was just really bored. And I just got up the table and I started dancing. Yeah, that's interesting that you found dance so much later in life. Um, you know, I, I think about myself. I've been dancing all my life. I love to dance. Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not I'm good is very debatable, um, but I enjoy it. Um, so how did you kind of start to enjoy dance? Again, like I'm from... El Salvador, it's a, the, the, the regular culture, the main culture there is revolves around dancing, Latin music, cumbia, salsa, bachata, stuff like that. And I remember in my teenage punk years, for me, that, that culture, that music was the worst. Like I just had to reject anything that was mainstream culture just because I was a punk and I was a teenager. And also because in my 13-year-old brain, I thought this music is just trying to keep us ignorant from the real problems of the world and you need to to listen to music that is important when intense lyrics so i had this like mentality when i when i arrived to the united states and then i realized here after the punk show there was a cumbia party i was after the punk show there everybody started dancing salsa and first it hit me really like hard i was like wow what is going on in here and I, I resisted it for a couple of years, though. I like two or one year that I lived in New York. I resisted. I was too cool to dance, too punk to dance. But eventually I was so bored. And this time that I was not drinking, I was sober. I was thinking this time not to drink. That's when I was like, I, it's just so boring to be sitting down. It's so boring. I need something to do. So that's, it, there's not a magical story. I was just really bored. <laughs> no, you keep saying it's not magical, but I do think it's really interesting. Um, and obviously it's led you down the career path that you're on now. Um, and I know you, so you teach people how to dance. How did you move into that phase of, of your relationship with dance where you are now teaching others? Okay. So first, like you said, you like my style. Like the first thing that I wanted to do with my social media, the thing is that I work, I was a nanny for somebody who did personal branding, online strategies. She was like an online guru person. And I really wanted to do any, whatever she did because she just stayed at home and she did what she loved and she made money that way. So I started thinking like, okay, what can I do that I can create an audience? Because one time I heard her saying the phone, a lot of people just want to come up with a brand, with a product, but they don't even have an audience. And I'm like, how, how can I come up with an audience? And my idea was that I wanted to have like a clothing line, like a fashion line, something like that. Things that I designed and then I sold with an audience that I had. And I started thinking, like, how can I create an audience? Like, how can I bring people together? How can I, how can I find these people that has the same interest for me and so I can sell them things? That was like my original idea. And I... Um, just started thinking and thinking and thinking. And I watched these videos that tell you on YouTube um, how to find your passion and stuff like that. And one of the things that they were saying is things that people compliment you for doing all the time. And I was like, hmm, people always compliment my dancing. Things that you love and you feel yourself lost on it. And I was like, I really like dancing and I really feel lost whenever I dance. And then if we were going through an apocalypse and we were rebuilding society, what will, wanna, what will you do? What will be your 
your job in that new society. And I was like, hmm, I would like to do something related to subculture, like teaching people how it was back in the day. And however, it has to do with subculture. So I was like, hmm, I'm just going to make dance videos and, I, and I'm going to see if it works. And that's it. At first, I wanted to do, because I wanted to sell people my fashion, but then really fast, I realized that. Uh, the fashion industry is very exploitative and in order for me to make money, I will have to step up with other people or have a bunch of money to invest, which I didn't. So people started asking me for dance classes. Now I was like, I don't want to teach people how to dance. I just want to create a community, create an audience so I can tell them things. And people started asking me, like, do you have classes? Do you have classes? And eventually I just started trying it. Like, like people told me what they wanted. People always wanted my fashion though, but it's, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> Maybe someday. Um, <laughs> Too complicated. <laughs> For right now though, I, I know that there are lots of people who are enjoying um, your, your dance techniques and what you bring forth. And I'm, I'm curious. Um, so you have kind of a, a niche dance style where other people are, you know, we have so many different styles of dance. I mean, we've got like twerking and ballroom dancing and jazz and that kinds of stuff. And I feel like there's not a whole lot of creators who are teaching folks how to dance in the styles that you are teaching. So I'm wondering, what is it about these styles that draw you to them? Well, like I said, I was into subcultures since I was 13, very young. So I've always been around ska, reggae, rocksteady, Norton, so cumbia. Uh, when I came to New York, and I think a couple of people tried to do similar things, that the things that I do, but never made it so big and so strong. And there's a couple of things that I use to my advantage. Um, but what I try to do is show people that we're not just going like this. We're not just moving our arms. We're not just jumping around. There's a reason why we're doing that. And there's a cultural context or why we're doing it the way that we're doing it. And especially living in New York, I started realizing, like, wait, why does this, like, Jamaican people dance different than us? Like, who are we trying to imitate if we're dancing to their music? And it just started me, it just, I just had a lot of questions about the dancing and I was able to collect a lot of information. And just before I did, uh, I did any, classes before I taught online, I just, I was just very curious about the why, like, yeah, but why up and down? Why? Where does that come from? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because dance is such a great way to share different cultures with other people. And I know um, Lizzo actually just gave a TED talk on twerking and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like this is fantastic. Have you watched it? No, no, but I love Lizzo. Oh, you should definitely check it out. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, so I think it's really awesome that you are sharing not only the dance styles, but the why behind it, which I think is really important and how we keep cultures alive. Um, so for me to you, thank you. You also uh, do a little burlesque. Is that correct? Yes. How did you get into burlesque? I always wanted to do burlesque. The first time that I saw a girl doing burlesque, I was like, oh my God, this is so powerful so beautiful how she has all of her attentions with her body and and we all below like she just has her in her hands it was just so powerful a lot of people think it's about being a slutty or showing up but no it's 
it's about this is my body is mine and it's beautiful it's so pretty so I always wanted to do it always wanted to do it so whenever I started getting into dancing I tried to join alternative little groups that I saw in New York and none of them wanted to take me no there was very, it's a little bit competitive around here so I um somebody took me in it was this uh drag queen queer person that did this show called Bizarre Cabaret and it was just it just had a lot of random people very interesting people so that's the first people that gave me the space to do it and I just started doing it when the pandemic hit I was not do, able to do it live so I was like I'm just gonna do it online and charge for it because <laughs> there's no excuses so I just started doing it online I only mostly do it online I'm gonna get vaccinated soon on Friday so finally I can maybe go back to a little bit because even though things are getting back to normal I don't feel comfortable 100% yet yeah, I completely feel you on that. Um, I myself am a baby burlesque performer. Um, and I debuted in October of 2019. And then the pandemic happened. And so mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's kind of been a nightmare for that. But I've been doing similarly, you know, performing online and posting clips on Instagram and stuff like that. Um, how long have you been performing burlesque for? Maybe I've been doing this five, four years. Okay, awesome. Yeah, very, very little too, but I do it like every month because yeah. I have to do videos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, if you ever come to Madison, Wisconsin, we have a great burlesque scene <laughs> and it sounds very similar to what you brought were brought up when with, with a lot of drag intertwined with it, which is fantastic and awesome queer community here, which I love. Um, but... Anywho, so you also uh, play the accordion. How yeah. did you get started with that? I feel like that's such a niche instrument. I'm, I'm telling you, whenever I came to New York, it's that I started to realize like, oh shit, like I, I'm Latina. And I started embracing all these things. And I always tell people like music will give you a cult, will amplify your cultural experience. So I wanted to play accordion because I wanted to play cumbia. In my head, I wanted to play cumbia. But then whenever I got the accordion, I started learning and I was like playing. I was like, I don't want to play. I want to dance. Like I, I just feel the urge to dance when I hear this type of music. I don't want to play. So I just left it over there. And then one time I was drunk with the drummer. And we were saying, no, like, oh, yeah, I always wanted to play in a band, but there's always men. There's no like nowhere that we can play and or feel comfortable or safe about it. And we were like, well, maybe we should hang out hang out and do something and we met and I mean I didn't know how to play guitar or anything else that's the only thing I knew how to play already so that's how I ended up playing but I, I play punk with punk I'm okay with only playing with cumbia no <laughs> not for me yeah and I feel like um punk is not typically a genre that you would think of when um thinking about the accordion so I think that's really cool um, how long have you been with your band? Six years. Six or seven, I believe so. Something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that you have so many like interesting interests, um, which is really cool. <laughs> it's coincidence because the accordion, we were trying to do, okay, accordion, and let's find a guitar, and let's find this, just because we were trying to fit into the punk idea and then at some point that we were struggling to find a guitar player we were like but why are we trying to fit in punk why can't we just 
make punk fit into us. So we just decided to do it with no guitar, only the accordion, and we left it like that. It's always coincidence. It's never that that I tried specifically. It's just by coincidence. Yeah, I, I think that's the most punk rock thing, though, right? Like right. taking something that shouldn't be and being like, no, no, it will be. Right, and a lot of people hate us for it. They're like, but it can't be punk without a guitar. And I'm like, that exactly. <laughs> You're like, punk is is whatever I say it is, because that's just what punk is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I find it interesting. You know, I've kind of like heard this theme as you've been speaking, almost like um, being in the United States is when you really started to connect with your Latina roots. And so I'm curious, what what was it about this whole experience that made you have that realization and want to connect deeper? Mm, I think it's because with the with the with the white punk scene, I was never able to fit in. Even though there was there were some uh, Latinx kids in the white community, it was just different. They already their their software was already very American, very different than mine. So. The people that I really got along with and I started partying with and being friends with were the Latinx punk immigrants. Very different than the ones born here and the ones that are immigrants. So they are the ones who were having these, okay, let's have a punk show and then let's play and finish with a cumbia party. And that's pretty much it. It's just a thing of, of just trying to, to go with the flow and fitting and find a community like a tribe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you've succeeded in finding it. And now you're pulling others in, which is awesome. Um, So that brings me to my next question. Um, If somebody wants to take uh, classes with you, how would they do that? And specifically, what kinds of classes are available? So I have a couple of different things that I offer. I offer dance courses, which is pre-recorded courses, one-time payment, and the course is yours forever. On definitely on your own time. Uh, I create courses very specifically, and I think at the time I just have like four, Northern Soul Beginners, Northern Soul Intermediate, Boogaloo, and Cumbia. Uh, I also have another form of dance, which is that the dance subscription is a steady price every single month, and that will give you access to a lot of pre-recorded random content and la- access to live Zoom classes. And I also sometimes do private group classes for birthdays or people who wants to have like an event online or companies. Sometimes I do like companies parties, but that that I don't make public. It's just private parties. I also, I'm going to start doing now in person now that I'm finally going to be vaccinated. I also do in person here in New York. And I guess that's it. That's the way that I do classes. What would you say to somebody who may be interested in taking classes with you, but is on the fence about it? Maybe they're nervous. What advice would you give to somebody? Well, it depends. Like a lot of people ask, when they ask me, I ask them like, what do you want to learn? What is your goal when it comes to dancing? Are you trying to do something, to take something and learn one specific style in depth? Maybe take a course if I have it available. Or if you're just trying to keep yourself active through the month and have different random content that you can do at home, then go for the other subscription. But I don't know, I don't really know how to pursue people that much. (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, 
I'm just curious uh, because some people I know are very like nervous about dance and they think that they can't do it um, or that they're going to mess up or they'll never be able to learn. And so I think that holds a lot of people back. And I also think that um, especially with all types of movement, there's a lot of sizeism and some anti-fat bias and so people think I don't have the right body for dancing and so I would love to kind of dispel some of those myths and let people know that dance is really for everybody yes but you know I think Kelly is that people feels more intimidated whenever they see the supermodel dancer who's been dancing since they're five who have beautiful by the way spotless perfect moves mm -hmm. with a muscular body and they're just perfect that is very intimidating even for me but whenever people see me dancing ska go-go dancing cumbia there's i guess there's something relatable in their brains because people who comes to my classes are of all time or all body types at all ages and and oh my god like i'm not i'm, I'm just very average within my body type but i have had comments sometimes so i'm like if you're dancing like why you're so fat like stuff oh like gosh. that oh yes yeah, all the time but people doesn't realize like it has it has nothing to do how you look i take classes from a dance hall teacher she's a plus size lady and she is a beast she has so much energy she's insane like incredible like a lot of the plus size dancers that i learn from are are more one of the most energetic like body types have nothing to do my sister tried to say that the other day too like yeah but you know whenever you have a bigger body i'm like it's not like that it has nothing to do completely unrelated you can be very thin and have no stamina or you can be a plus size and have incredible energy it has absolutely unrelated yeah yeah and uh, so thank you for, for sharing that because I feel like that breaks down that kind of barrier of like, no, it is for you. Like, yeah, you might need to make some accommodations sometimes, but like we all do that based on like our flexibility and, and all of that. So I think that's great. A lot of the times I don't do, a lot of people try to say, oh, you should do classes for plus size people. And I'm like, I can't do that because I don't have a plus size and I don't know the special needs. I don't know the... I don't know how it goes. I just make classes. And usually there's a lot of people from all ages, from all different body types. I'm so glad that we were able to talk today. And now uh, I have my most important question, which is how can we find the work that you're doing and how can we support you? I am in Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all the social media platforms that you can think of. You can always find me as Araniva, A-R-A-N-I-V-A-H. I'm, like, I'm everywhere that you can think of. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, and definitely hope that everybody will be checking you out. And uh, I can't wait to see what you come up with next. Thank you so much for the invitation, Kelly. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like more content from Empowered Authenticity, make sure to follow on Instagram at empowered underscore authenticity. We'll see you next week.
WeVibe is a world leader in ultra-premium sensual lifestyle products. The original WeVibe was the first adult pleasure product designed specifically for couples to be worn during sex and quickly became the fastest-selling adult pleasure product of its type. Today, WeVibe is one of the market leaders in sensual and pleasure products designed for couples. Uh, for myself, I have the WeVibe Sync, and it's nice because it has external clitoral stimulation and internal G-spot stimulation. It's discreet, quiet, and it can be worn anywhere. It can be used um, during sex with a partner, you can use it for solo play, or it can be controlled via the remote, or even an app. So whether your partner is you know, across the table from you, or in another state, uh, there are so many ways to play with this, which makes it really fun. And it is really great quality as well. Highly recommend if you're looking to cut for something to spice up your sex life, this is the product that I would recommend. Visit the link in this week's episode description to browse WeVibe's collection of couple products, Kegel exercisers, anal plugs, and more.